Hey, Reach listeners, my name is Barrett Brooks, and I'm here to tell you about the next big thing we're creating for you, the first annual State of the Blogging World Report. We want to give you the inside scoop on what exactly it means to be a blogger, but we need your help. We're looking for people just like you to take a brief survey so that we can produce a beautiful, thoughtful report that tells your story. To make sure your voice is heard, head to convertkit.com slash survey to chime in today. You're listening to Reach, a podcast created for professional bloggers to help you expand your reach and maximize your bottom line. I'm your host, Val Geisler, fellow blogger and marketer at ConvertKit. Now, it may seem counterintuitive, but it's true. Many online personalities really struggle with confidence, especially at first. We wonder, why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? As it turns out, there's one little trick to shaking off that fear, and it's staring you right in the face. Today, we're talking to Brett Larkin of Brett Larkin Yoga. Brett is an atypical yoga teacher. Instead of teaching in studios, she teaches to over 50,000 fans on YouTube, where her classes are streamed for over a million minutes a month. Her online courses show you what she calls hashtag yoga hacks, how you can stretch in your car while you're brushing your teeth and while watching TV. Brett shares that moment when she posted her first video to YouTube, moving forward despite her fear, how to be a smart YouTuber and make money from your work, and how to find product market fit in an overflowing well of ideas. If you find yourself feeling inspired by today's interview and want to impact your own reach right away, Get your free action guide from this episode at convertkit.com slash reach, or just click the link in your podcast player. Now let's find out how Brett Larkin achieved her reach. Hey, Brett, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I got to know about you, and this is something you don't know, um, but I got to know about you a couple, gosh, a couple years ago now. Um, I found some of your YouTube videos as a yogi and yoga teacher myself. Um, no way. That's so cool. Yeah. And then I saw that you joined us at ConvertKit, and I was like, wait, I know, Brett. That's awesome. That is so awesome, because I thought you only knew me because of Nathan and joining ConvertKit. So yeah. I'm glad to know that you're an early <laughs> Brett Larkin YouTube uh, yogi. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who are listening who don't know you like I do, um, can you tell us a little bit about your business and what you do and how you reach people? Sure. So my name is Brett Larkin. I live in San Francisco, so Bay Area, but I teach yoga on YouTube. So that might sound a little crazy, but it's actually super, super fun. Um, so I release three classes on YouTube about every week. I have my own podcast if people want to nerd out about yoga. I have uh, several Facebook groups that I run. Uh, I love my community and that's one really fun thing about doing yoga online. You think that would be a solitary activity, but it's not at all. It's super fun. Um, I do a lot of live streaming. I have digital products that I sell. I have a membership site. I have courses and physical products that I sell through my website as well. And I'm launching my teacher training um, pretty soon. It's going to start in January, but people can enroll starting in the next 48 hours, actually, which is very exciting. And they can do teacher training 200 hour, you know, just as if it was a normal training um, with me online, which is really, really exciting. So um, yeah, that's the, that's the skinny on who I am if people, uh, most people probably don't know, because I don't know how many people do yoga that listen to um, the, to your guys' podcast. You never know. You never know. They should, everyone should be doing yoga or meditating. There's meditation options as well. So And what's really beautiful about what you do is that you make it incredibly accessible, like super accessible, um, both from a standpoint of what you teach and then also how you teach it, the fact that you're teaching on YouTube. And we can watch videos right in our own 
home and you know we don't have to feel that like in in the gym world they they i think the word is like gym tim gym intimidation or something oh, that's a funny word. um so but i know as a yogi and as a teacher myself there is some intimidation of going into a yoga studio um can you talk about why you started with uh, online or or did you even start online did you have a an in-person teaching practice to begin with uh, definitely. I can answer that question. And just to touch on the gym intimidation, if that's what we're calling <laughs> it, I love that word. Um, you know, I do think online is a really great option because again, it's super convenient. There's totally not the intimidation factor and I have a ton of stuff for beginners, but you know, the fact with bringing yoga into your home is, is just really important. And this is something I wanted to say actually even earlier when I was talking about YouTube and everything is that, you know, my big message and what I'm trying to do with my classes is really have yoga be the glitter that you sprinkle throughout your whole day, your whole life. Like it's not just a class that you take, it's really a lifestyle. And I think this is especially maybe important for your listeners because I think yoga has this rap of being like what you do to calm down or what you do to de-stress. And all of those things are wonderful and you can do yoga with me or anyone else and you will feel calm and you will de-stress. But what's really special I think about my community and what I'm trying to do is really help people understand that yoga can actually make you be more successful as a human, as a partner, as a parent, it can really help you step into your most aligned, authentic, abundant self. And I think that's something that's often overlooked, that yoga and success are actually very closely equated as well. So if people who are listening to this are entrepreneurs or people who are running a business or multitasking, yoga is going to be potentially really powerful for you because it's, you know, I think sometimes it just has this like, not even hippie vibe, but even just like, oh yeah, that's what I do to chill. And that's not how I practice or I teach at all. My, my, my practice is here to you know, get me powerful, get me aligned, get me succeeding so I can give the most I can give and receive the most as well. Um, so I like to just throw that in there. Um, Absolutely. It's so true. And, uh, you know, it's one of the really important pieces that you know, here on Reach, we talk obviously about how people achieve their reach. And we'll get into that with your story. But since we're here, let's just go with it. Um, you know, a huge piece of achieving a large reach is is taking care of yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And, you know, you can't, there's always that, like, I, I hear from a lot of people like, oh, I'm, I'm not, um, my email list isn't the size I want it to be, my um, social media followers, I don't, I don't have as many as I want, and I don't have the amount of customers I want, or people in my course, or my membership site, or whatever. It's always like, I'm not where I want to be. And uh, my big question is, are you are you ready to be there? Um, can you actually manage that both from a, you know, checking the the checklist and your and your business aspects, but can you manage it from a mental and and physical standpoint of this is who I am being as a leader of all these people? Or are you really in a place where you need it to be smaller because you need you still need to take some time to focus on taking care of yourself? Yeah, that's such a great point. I mean, we could spend, and a lot of us do, sadly, your whole life worrying about the future or thinking about the past unless you make time to come to your mat or meditate and get present. A lot of people get present in other ways, right? Maybe they go for a run or, you know, spend time in nature and that's wonderful too. But in my experience as someone who's tried everything, yoga and meditation is the most powerful way to get present. And when I say get aligned with yourself, it means exactly what you're saying, Val. Yeah, like taking care of yourself so that you can move forward from a place of like real power. Because otherwise you're just reacting to everything, right? You're kind of just like being buffeted by the wind unless you take time to get present and aligned with what you really care about and what your really big, deep desires are. Because otherwise, um, without that knowing, that inner knowing, you're going to say yes to things that maybe you should say no to, right? Or you're going to hang on to things that maybe you should just let go of. And I love what you say about, you know, it's like we always want more, 
right? Like even me, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I want a bigger email list. I want more members in my community. And part of the practice of coming to the mat, and it's a mental shift as well, every day is to be grateful for the things I have now and to be appreciative of where I am now. And often, because you mentioned reach, you know, a lot of the times I think, oh, you know, I wish I were bigger. I wish I was at this later stage. And I was like, you know what? If I were already there, I wouldn't be able to interact the way I do with my community right now. Like yeah. when my community is bigger than it is right now or doubles in size, and I know it will, like this phase I have of this intimacy that's so beautiful with our current group and my membership is going to shift. You know, it's not going to be better or worse. It's just going to be different. And I really need to saturate and love this moment. So, you know, there's awesome things about having a small email list, right? Like maybe people email you back right away. Like when you have a small, you know, like there's just cool Mm -hmm. things about every phase of your business. And, you know, everyone just needs to, in my mind, you know, just embrace and remember that. And I'm saying this for myself as well. Like this is what I'm telling myself all the time because I'm totally that type I type A crazy person who without yoga and meditation would just be like constantly wanting more, 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 and never sleeping, never slowing down, never taking care of myself. Absolutely. When you started teaching, were you always teaching online or how did your your reach in the world as far as yoga goes um, get started? Yes. So sorry, I completely dodged this no, question no, earlier. Okay. Um, so I, I, it's such an interesting question. So I came from a place of, you know, I, I came from corporate world. So I worked in tech and I, I was always involved in, you know, fitness and technology to an extent. I used to work making fitness and dance games for Ubisoft. So if anyone remembers like the Just Dance Wii craze oh, yeah. and all the Wii fitness <laughs> games, you know, that was sort of me back in the day. And um, I worked on a lot of those projects. So that was really fun. Um, but I eventually, you know, that, that fitness craze on um, console devices kind of ended and I found myself working more in like traditional tech. Um, and I didn't like it as much. I really missed the fitness aspect or the movement aspect, I guess you could say. Because even when I worked in the video game industry, I was, I was testing the dance games like all the time, like figuring out how the scoring system should work. You know, I was always on my feet, always collaborating with choreographers. It was very active and I, I, I really missed that. At the same time, yoga had come into my life as this huge passion. It just changed my whole life. And we can talk more about that later if you want. But I had no confidence. I had no confidence, and I'm sure this might hopefully resonate for a lot of your listeners or people who are starting a business online. I felt like, why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? Why would anyone want to take yoga class with with me? I'd moved to San Francisco. There are some of the best yoga teachers in the world in, in California and in San Francisco, you know, like yoga journals here. I just felt I had zero confidence in myself or my ability. So I was trying to gather up the courage to start teaching at some studios on the side or approach, approach studio owners, but that felt really intimidating and frightening to me. But because I was kind of a tech nerd, the idea of putting a video up on YouTube was just less frightening. And that might sound really crazy to people, but again, this is just who I am, right? Like I'm really familiar with technology and it's kind of more like anonymous. And that to me felt way more approachable than like the human rejection of like going to a studio and them not wanting to hire me or going to a studio and the class not liking me to my face you know, standing in front of a room full of people. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have the confidence to do that. Mm -hmm. So for me, putting a video on YouTube was sort of like a cop out. Um, but I don't really like the word cop out because it, like I moved forward despite my fear in the one way that felt, you know, at least not totally terrifying. So that is how I started. (laughs) So I, I filmed a video. I had no idea what I was doing, put it on YouTube And this video, I mean, the sound's terrible, the video quality is meh, but the sequence is really good. And it's still one of my most popular videos, you know, like this many years later. It's crazy to me. Which video is it? Um, We'll share it in the... (laughs) In the show so notes. everyone can see how bad you can start. Yeah, out. Then well, you know what? I my think more recent ones as well that has like of six course. cameras and a crane. But um, totally. But I think it's important that people see like this is what what a beginning looks like. And you know, it, we've talked in other episodes of the show about not comparing your what what's that saying? Not comparing your beginning to someone else's middle or end. And so often people. I mean, there might even be other 
yoga teachers who want to teach online and they're like, oh, but I need a crane and lighting and, you know, um, in order to get started. But you didn't. You just posted it, even though you felt like the quality of the video wasn't that great, but the the content was really good. Yeah, my biggest message, and I talk about this in my community constantly and on every podcast I go on to, is to take action now. Take action now. Life is now. Move forward now. You're never going to feel ready, you know, and a lot of people get stuck thinking exactly like everything has to be perfect. And, you know, I did a shoot a couple days ago and I had two cameras, six lights. It was like, you know, light years ahead of where I started. And the whole shoot, I was like, oh, I wish we had a slider. You know, I was like, I wish we could do moving pans. You know, you're always going to want stuff to be better. It's just the way we are. And I laugh at myself, right? I'm just like, you know, I take it in stride because it's just hysterical. Like we're never satisfied. You're always going to want to work your work to be better. And instead of using that as discouragement, I say this to encourage you because like you're always going to want it to be better. So why not just take action now, right? Because even once you get to the level where you're like, someone might look at my current stuff and be like, wow, that's really good. And I'm still like, no, I wish it were better. So it's just no excuse to not get started immediately. Um, And that's true for video or blogs or your um, email list. Yes. Your email list, your your very first course you produce, any of it. Yeah, because you only learn by getting into action. This is something else I talk about all the time in my membership site and my community is that, and it it all ties to yoga, right? Because it's only our movement on the mat, our movement in life is what fuels our motivation and our clarity. It's a journey inward to clarity. And people think they have to think everything through first and then get into action. And they spend all their time in their brain. And actually, there's vast intelligence in your body. The body's a mirror for the mind. The mind's a mirror for the body. And you know, maybe I'm getting too out there, but my point is that you only learn in business and in life through taking action and experimenting. And you start to figure out like, hey, I really like this. Oh, I really don't like this other thing. You know, it's it's not something that you can figure out in a box um, in a room by yourself. Like you have to just get into action, get into action now, whoever's listening on whatever your big dream is. So you put the video on, you you went into action, you put the video on, on YouTube. And what did you do with it? Did you just put it up and tell a couple people or how did you start to to reach people with that video? Oh yeah, I, I put it up and I had zero expectation of anything ever happening. Like I was actually really surprised when people started watching and commenting on it because to give a little more context, I mean, I'm really into designing yoga sequences. Like I love it. So one of the things I was trying to do with the video was to remember this particular sequence that I wanted to remember. And it's very common in the dance world and from my video game background and stuff too. Like we were constantly filming stuff to remember what we did, right? Like remember the steps. So a lot of my motivation wasn't even really necessarily to reach people with putting that first video out. I mean, I was kind of trying to get like comfortable with the idea of what it would be like to be a teacher, what it would be like to teach. But a a lot of it was just like, I want to record this to remember it sort of. So I was sort of surprised when all of a sudden like people were commenting and, you know, liking the video and I was excited and I decided to make more of them. Um, at the same time, I also, you know, it helped build my confidence. So I ended up, you know, starting to go to the, those auditions locally and started to teach in San Francisco. And it, you know, 18 months later, I was teaching at every single studio I had wanted to teach at in San Francisco, like including the super posh, like fancy studio that I thought would never hire me, including at Equinox, like you name it. I had just, I got over my fear, right? And I got into action and, um, and now I stopped teaching at all those places because I came completely full circle and want to focus really purely on online as my medium. So, um, but just to give a little context there. So I kept making the, the, the videos And it was just a hobby. It was just something I was doing on the side for fun. I'd actually started a different business also in the health and fitness sort of space. It was like a mobile app that I started with a friend of mine who worked at Google and was focused on that. And I was just always putting yoga videos up for fun on the side for probably two years or a year and a half. And at a certain point, you just hit this inflection point where I was like, whoa, you know, I have 10,000 subscribers. Like I have all these comments, you know, I I always really loved it, but it was never with the agenda of like, this is going to be a business. It Mm -hmm. was just something I loved. And 
then there came a point about two years ago where all of a sudden I started thinking and I was like, what if this could be my life? Like, what if my life could be making yoga sequences on YouTube and filming? Because I love filming and I love production and I love, I just, it's like my favorite thing. It's, it's like, I love it so much. Versus traveling around to the different studios um, and teaching all the different classes at all hours of the day, you were looking at filming videos and kind of making your schedule and making it all accessible online. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and were I was you never, at the time? I was you... never just doing studios. Like I was always doing studios in addition to a full-time job. So, mm. um, so I think yeah. that's true for most yoga teachers. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's really hard to make a living. And, and sorry, just to um, give a little more clarity, the big yeah. switch for me was that I got invited to YouTube. Like at a certain point, if your channel gets big enough, like YouTube starts inviting you to events or private creator events and days. And so I got invited to one. And this is another reason why I'm such a proponent of community just as a concept. <laughs> Obviously, I have my own and, and I, you know, but it's, I think people underestimate the value because I went to YouTube Creator Day and I met mm, 300 other people who were all making full-time livings on YouTube or very close to making a full-time living. And one big YouTuber in particular who's very awesome, her name's Tati Westbrook, if anyone wants to check her out. She now has over a million subscribers. When I met her a year and a half ago, she had 300,000. She really spent some time talking to me about just sort of strategy and business. And once I came away from that event, having met all these people, because before I was like, oh, maybe this could one day be a thing for me, but I didn't have... A roadmap, like I didn't have a vision. And then after meeting all those folks, I was like, there is totally a there there, right? Like this is mm-hmm. completely achievable. You know, it's not easy, but all of a sudden there was just this very clear path ahead. And that's when I decided to get really focused on it. And that's when I started making more videos more consistently, you know, building it, building. It. And then it was still like, you know, a little bit of time where I was like, I want to make this a business, right? Like I want this to be my whole life. And that's what everything is channeled towards um, now. So a lot of people hear about YouTube stars and um, and hear about the money they make on ad revenue, or um, and that seems to be like the bulk of it. Were you making money on your YouTube videos um, that whole those first two years when you were still working in other places? I was, but it's the revenue is very small. I mean, I think the fact yeah. that you can make a ton of money on ad revenue is sort of a myth. I mean, you can if you have a really big channel, you can make ad revenue, but all the smart YouTubers have multiple income streams. And I mean, that was something everyone told me from day one and even, you know, not being YouTube savvy, but just sort of being business savvy. I mean, that was something that I had set up, you know, as soon as I realized I wanted to make this a business, like the YouTube ad revenues actually, I'd say maybe my sixth revenue stream out of eight or nine. And and that's ranking them in order of, you know, profitability or like how much money they make. Yeah. So it's really not, you know, just so people don't think that like you can make instant millions on YouTube. You can just put a video up. <laughs> you and... you, that's not the case. No. So yeah, yeah you want to have your own merchandise. You want to have your own digital courses. You want to have your own huge email list with which you're selling people all these things. Um, yeah. And I don't even like to say the word selling, like offering, giving, connecting. You know, my, my model is very much I give 99% of everything I do away for free. So I mean, um, it's on YouTube, meaning it's on YouTube. Yeah. So (laughs) it's, it's, and that's why email is such an important medium for me to really connect and find those power users and offer them the right thing at the right time. So what is when you made that transition to YouTube and you had your, this is what we're doing full time now. um, You were able to leave those studios, maybe over time, you probably didn't leave them all, all at the same time, or maybe you did. Did Well, what? I still have one that I teach at, um, and they let me film there. So I have cool. it worked, <laughs> have it dialed. Um, but I also teach a class there that I don't film. So I cut all of them back, but one. And the reason for that was, I think it's still important to connect with people face to face. And, you know, I might phase that out as well, just because things have gotten so busy. But um, for now, I'm still still doing it. I, again, I'm all about community, so I like having a little bit of you know face to face in person that that feel. Yeah, and that's an important piece too. I think a lot of people who run 
online businesses do occasionally have in-person clients or an in-person mastermind retreat or um, attend conferences, obviously in person. Um, so that in-person element is is always important. It's not something that you can be 100% online. And, and I mean, there are online communities for sure. But um, for most people, that in-person element really can accelerate things for you um, versus holding you back. Yeah. yeah. And I run my own retreats as well. And all of those are obviously in person. So those are yeah. amazing. Um, it's really cool because I get to meet people who have only known me through online or who I know from my communities, my online communities, but have never met in person. And people are like, oh, aren't you weirded out that you're going to go? And I'm like, no. Like every time I've done this, the people have been like the most amazing people that I would A, be friends with anyway, B, like I admire them. Like it's just incredible because, you know, it's cool. Like your your energy attracts like energy, right? So obviously they're like the perfect people for for me. Um, so it's been really wonderful. Yeah. So you have the in-person retreats. You obviously have the YouTube where a lot, like you said, 99% of what you do is, is there and, and is free, but you do have paid offerings. Like you said, you want to have that kind of how to be a smart YouTuber is to have multiple revenue streams, um, not relying a hundred percent on the, the ad revenue, but bringing in courses and, um, products and things. Can you talk us through what those other revenue streams are like and um, and which one has the biggest impact for you? Sure. So the one that has the biggest impact and it's v- very new is my membership site. So again, I run these communities both on YouTube and in my private Facebook groups. And again, it's all about what we talked about at the beginning, this idea of bringing yoga into your daily life, igniting your best life through the power of this ancient practice. And it's super, super fun. Um, So taking that to the next level, I started a membership site. What you get in the membership site that you don't get on YouTube is a couple things. You get all my classes downloadable across all your devices. So a lot of times people are traveling or you just know you're not going to have Wi-Fi or you just want to preload the class on your phone um, or do it on your Apple TV or your Roku. I now have a system that's like an OTT delivery platform. So basically like you, if you're a member, you can download and do my classes on like Roku, Apple TV, Chromecast, um, your phone, you know, everywhere. So it's a totally seamless experience and you can download everything. So that's really cool. The second thing that's really cool is they get personalized feedback from me on their yoga post. So for most people doing yoga at home, they don't have access to a teacher. Either they live in a remote place or maybe they can't afford to go to a studio regularly. Or frankly, even if they do go to a studio regularly, like how often does a teacher actually really take the time to correct you and give you refined alignment tips? You know, also just group classes aren't really the right venue for that anyway. So what I offer in the membership is that in our private community, we get on these calls through Zoom, which is an interactive live video sharing platform. Yeah, shout out to Zoom because we use Zoom oh, great. For, yeah. on a daily basis at ConvertKit because we're a remote company. So we use it all the time and it's fantastic. So you know how awesome it is. So uh-huh. yeah, basically what we do is in our private group, everyone uploads photos or Instagram length videos of what they want feedback on. And then in the live call, we look through our like stream of everyone's photos and videos. It's so fun. And I go through one by one and I don't like to say correct, but it's like I help everyone enhance their, you know, experience of the pose and kind of tweak. Um, and it's, it's amazing for people who, I mean, like the amount of personalized attention someone gets in my membership right now for like what it's costs. It's like, I don't know. I feel like it's an amazing deal. Like it's, it's awesome. Um, so yeah. And they're, they're there, they're there live with me too. So if they want to ask a question and I, you know, through zoom, you can like mark up the screen too. So I like draw on them and, um, it's just really fun, but it's not just about the poses. I mean, we talk about everything. So we also have a book club in the membership. So we're always reading like a different sort of either personal development or yoga related book every month that we're all like bonding and talking around. I bring in guest speakers to talk to us. And then we have a training plan as well. So on YouTube, you know, YouTube's just so messy. Like there's so many videos. Even I try to organize my videos on YouTube and it's still 
crazy. In the membership, we move through these training plans together, like core focus or hip opening or stuff like that, or we'll have a calendar. So we're always all moving through the same set of classes at the same time. And you know, people are modifying and people are different levels, but like there's this this huge community feel because we're all doing the same class at, at around the same time or at the exact same time sometimes. So it's really great for people who just want that group motivation and the idea of having a schedule, which is really helpful. Like it's even really helpful for me. Like I'm so grateful for my membership site and community because otherwise I sometimes don't know what yoga class I do each morning. But instead it's like no excuses, right? I just like look at our calendar and I'm like, oh, okay, our team's doing this today and I know what class to move through. And it's really wonderful. You don't have to dig through um, a whole listing on YouTube of which video should I do and which one's right for my body. And yeah, they're just all there for you. Yeah. And I put a lot of thought into them um, and the way they're assigned. And again, I design them around special things the group wants to focus on. It's very interactive because I'm constantly designing even on YouTube, everything based on what people tell me they want. But in the membership, that iteration process is like, two weeks as opposed to YouTube. My production schedule is like three months out. So it's really cool because if people are like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this pose or I want a tutorial on that in the membership, like I can get that up for them in maybe six days while on YouTube, you know, it's just more complicated. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so the membership, sorry, I, I love my membership. So I got distracted, but that's the, that's the big, um, the big product that is, like sort of the most important in my roster soon to hopefully be surpassed by my online yoga teacher training. So that's going to be a 200 hour yoga Alliance approved teacher training that people can complete mainly online. So that's really exciting. So that's what's coming up next. Um, but that's launching imminently. People can sign up now at brettlarkin.com forward slash train, but it's, it's going to happen in January we're going to actually start the the lessons and everything. The the next biggest thing would probably be retreats. Um in person in person retreats. I just did one in Florence, Italy. The next thing after that would be digital downloads on my mobile app or through my website, just people buying one-off classes downloading one-off classes or downloading certain pr- signature programs that I have, like my beginner morning jumpstart program, super popular. I also have an always be stretching course that's um, popular, which teaches you how to stretch at your desk and in the car and in bed. Great for entrepreneurs who are really busy. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to link to that one too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and a lot of those two also have the option of coming with physical goods. So again, you know, we're talking a lot about online, but having physical products that you sell is wonderful as well. So people with those courses have the option to just buy the video courses or they can buy my bundle where I ship them yoga blocks in the um, yoga hacking, I call it kit. I ship you a lot of signature props that are really rare props, like way beyond yoga blocks here that are very hard to find. And I put them all in this sort of magical box for you that gets shipped to your house. And then there's videos on how to do all these really cool things with the props. Do Um, you do all of that shipping yourself or what's your process with that? Right now I do. Yep. I do it all myself. Um, And it's been manageable so far. I mean, it's hard. There's stock, there's inventory. It's a little crazy, but you know, if I was shifting the business to focus purely on that or up leveling that, I think I'd look into fulfillment, but at this point it's manageable enough that I'm still doing it in house. And then after that would probably be like affiliate revenue. So, you know, there are products that I sell or products that I'm really passionate about and endorse through other companies, but I don't have to ship them because if anyone chooses to buy them, they buy it on their site. Um, so different yoga, yoga products like that. And I think that's everything. I'm just starting to put out some of the eBooks and training plans or some of the training plans and stuff is eBooks and definitely want to start getting into, you know, Amazon and the book world, but you know, um, yeah, that's about it's everything. A, it's a wide breadth of offerings. And it, it makes me wonder where the idea for each one comes from. Does it come from your audience? Are people specifically asking for these things? Or how do you come up with each of these offerings? Coming up with them is the easy part. I mean, probably a lot of 
your listeners are entrepreneurs. So maybe similar to me, they feel like they just have a million ideas every day. I mean, I feel my grandmother the other day was asking me this too. She was like, but how do you keep thinking of new classes to film? I was like, I can think of millions of classes to film. The problem is like the time to film them all. So for me with, it's the same with products. I constantly have a million ideas. I'm always really excited about stuff. I think the sweet spot, I mean, and this is what they call product market fit, right? I like to call it, what are you insanely passionate about that your audience has as a pain point and has told you they want to buy? And then you need to marry those two things in the middle. So, you know, not all these products that I've talked about have been successful, you know, like I've launched tons of things that, you know, didn't, didn't work. Um, that were kind of flops, right? Because it was, you know, and I'm constantly trying to figure out how to market everything better and address a pain point of my customer in a better way. But I think what it's helpful to think about is just like, what are you crazy passionate about? And what has your audience told you that they really need or want? Um, So, you know, for example, like the training plans was something that I never would have come up with in a million years. But everyone told me they wanted them And I love designing experiences for people. I think of everything I do, whether it's teaching a yoga class in person, leading a week-long retreat, or just sending someone through an email flow is designing an experience for someone. So I was, you know, able to get excited about that pretty easily. Um, But I listen to my audience constantly. And that's why I think, you know, whether people are doing it through email or through Facebook groups or however, you need to be constantly pulling or live streaming, right? Um, I was late to our interview because I, <laughs> I was on a live stream that went late, right? Like that's how much I'm constantly talking to, to my community to find out how I can serve them and what they really, really want. Because for me, you know, I'm so connected to my body and my yoga practice that like I don't, it wouldn't occur to me to need a training plan. But now that I have it, I love it. And I'm like, how did I not think of this myself? You know, but but I never would have come up with that if I hadn't been asking and engaging with people all the time and they felt comfortable to tell me exactly what they wanted. So you have the audience that obviously originally started with those couple of YouTube video uploads and they started commenting and and subscribing to your channel um, and that's what started the traction and started your your reach out into the world. How how do people move through from YouTube to your website where they can purchase things to to ending up at a in person retreat with you? Well, this is where convert kit comes in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't planning on that answer, but let, please go ahead. No, I mean, I am the biggest fan of email and email marketing, and I just love it. I love, love, love it, especially when you think of it as an experience you're designing for people. And one reason I was so excited to get on, bar- on board with ConvertKit was because of the level of customization um, with both how I can tag users, right? Like for me, what level are they? What's their biggest goal? Is their biggest goal flexibility? Is their biggest goal to learn how to become a yoga teacher themselves? Or are they just a total beginner trying to learn like how to get on the mat right now, right? Like it makes no sense for me to send the same email to those three people I just described. Mm -hmm. So, from YouTube, the biggest thing I try to drive is people to visit my website for the purpose of getting on my email list. Once someone's on my email list, and this is changing because of the membership, but how it used to be is once someone got on my email list, they were getting automated emails from me for about six or seven months, I think. Um, so I'm a huge fan of automation flows in order to, you know, it, For me, it's like I'm giving people value, right? I'm sending them free classes. I'm sending them really fun articles about, you know, how they can hack yoga into their daily life, how they can ignite their best self through, you know, all these fun little tips and tricks. So I'm just, again, constantly giving. And, you know, through that process, after giving a lot of first free content on YouTube, lots of free content on email. On the emails, I'm I'm also trying to figure out who they are, what they need, asking them to click on things so I, you know, sort of can figure out, oh, they're an advanced person who's interested in, you know, teaching or is already a teacher. Oh, they're, you know, just starting out. And then I offer them the right product, um, mainly through email. And email is how I fill all my retreats. And the only reason I do social media is to drive people to my email list. So 
I'm a huge proponent of email marketing for any entrepreneur. Like you, you need everyone's email. It's so critical to your success as a business owner. Well, and like you said, it makes it easy because you can know exactly what they need and it's, it's easier on them um, because you're showing up in their inbox with what they need versus them having to remember to come back to your site or um, to find your YouTube channel. They don't have to do any of the heavy lifting. You do it all for them because it's all through email. Exactly. And I send out my YouTube videos through email as well. You know, here are the classes you may have missed kind of email. And I think, I don't know how many of your listeners maybe have this hang up because I definitely had this hang up where I was really afraid to email people. Like it felt really intrusive and I didn't want to bother people. And, you know, I get so much email. Nobody wants more email like that whole song and dance. And I just really shifted out of that energy and decided that, well, the one big thing that happened was, this was really early on, I had an email list, I think, so I, I wasn't sending consistently or super consistently because of these fears that I just talked about, or the self-consciousness, and I had someone email in, and they wrote, I signed up for your newsletter, but I'm not getting emails from you. Um, <laughs> like, like they were super upset. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like there's people out there who, are, who really want to connect with me, who really want these classes, who really want what I'm sharing. And so that was a huge sort of switch for me when I got some of those emails that I just need to get over it and start sending And then, you know, at the end of the day, if you really believe in what you're doing and believe in what you're offering, which hopefully if you're an entrepreneur, you do, because otherwise, why are you doing it? Um, You should feel good about blasting that out there. You know what I mean? Like I stand by everything I offer a hundred thousand percent. You know what I mean? Like I know there's value. I put everything I can into my work. I'm so passionate about it and it's really helping people. So I, you know, if Pottery Barn and West Elm and all these other places are sending tons of email. Like I have a right to too. You know what I mean? Like at least what I'm doing hopefully could really change someone's life. So that's right. And you know, that's the power of the unsubscribe button too, is that people can make, they made a choice to enter their name into your opt-in form and they can make a choice to unsubscribe if it's no longer for them. Yep. And I get unsubscribes every time I send an email and I always, I always look at that number and I'm just like, awesome. My bill's going to go down and people who never would have bought for me or cared about me are now off my list. Thank you so much for unsubscribing. Like you are not my tribe. So yeah, that's another way people can look at unsubscribes if they want to flip their outlook on that. I, I have heard that. Like, I don't want to email my list because every time I send an email, I get unsubscribes. It's like, then you're just hoarding a list of email addresses for what? And they, they said they want to hear from you. They, they entered their email into this form. And so then if you aren't responsive, it's like, you know, I mean, imagine a, a face-to-face conversation like that where someone asks you a question and you just stare at them and don't <laughs> respond. It's a great be like, What's yeah. wrong with you? Um, so, or then you respond two hours later to the question. And they're like, I asked that two hours ago. <laughs> um, that's how it feels in email when you don't send emails to your list or you only send emails like once a month or something. It's like, wait, what list am I on? And who is this person again? And if they have to go through all that, but your list gets to build a relationship with you, which clearly developed this membership site is obviously how you sell your in-person retreats. And now you've grown a teacher training. And I have to ask, did, did the teacher training come from finding out that a lot of people on your email list were interested in becoming a teacher themselves? Yes, it, it stemmed from the people in my membership community telling me they really wanted it. So it was always sort of on my vague roadmap, like, oh yeah, maybe I'll do that in 2018 or, you know, that would be really good to have. Even the membership site was like that. I I was supposed to launch the membership site in August and we're recording this in July and it's already been live for three months or something. So, you know, I really, again, getting into action when the community is excited about something and tells me something needs to happen, I just get into action and make it happen even if that's a year or three months faster than my original game plan. Um, and I try to, you know, again, it's always like 
how fast compared to quality, right? There's always a quality issue. So I just, you know, do the absolute best I can hustle. And I'm a huge fan of, you know, pre-selling stuff. Like people can register to sign up for the teacher training as soon as tomorrow, I believe at the date we're recording this, but it doesn't launch until, uh, it doesn't start. The actual program doesn't start till January. And I'm very upfront with my community. I'm like, I only want to make stuff you guys want and I need your support in order to make it happen. So I'm a huge fan of pre-selling things to see if your audience really wants it and it, it really resonates with them or not. So yeah, the teacher it's, training, yeah, it's sprung from people in the membership being like, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. Like I might do it elsewhere. Like I really want to do it with you. Like when's the date that it's happening again? And so I couldn't just be like, oh, one day it had to be like, January 15th, right? And that's right. So. Yeah. And if that's that minimum viable product that everybody talks about of, you know, putting it out there, pre-selling it, seeing what kind of traction you get, because then you have 10 people signed up and you've got to make it or you have to refund all that money. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I always tell people, you can also refund the money, right? Yeah, like maybe right. no one buys it and you refund it to the two people he did. Like, it's not a big deal. I've had that happen on my own blog. I had two people buy a pro a product and it's because exactly what you said it's because I created it out of something I wanted to create but no one had asked for it and so I created it and two people bought it and so I ended up offering them either a refund or a private session and they both chose the private session which was cool and you probably um, got so many valuable insights from talking yeah, to them <laughs> totally because you know I just created this thing out of thin air instead of talking to my community so would you say that talking to your community is really what has influenced you the, the most when it comes to the reach that you have today? Definitely. My community members are rock stars. Like they are way cooler than I am. Like these people are amazing. Like they, ins my, my community is called Uplifted and my membership's called Uplifted. It's brettlarkin.com forward slash Uplifted if anyone wants to check it out. But they, the people in this group are just, they uplift me daily. So, um, yeah, I think getting into communication with whoever you're talking to or, you know, like whoever your audience is, you need to be talking to them. I think that's been a game changer for me. And I'd really recommend that to anyone who's a business owner. And Brett, you've grown your YouTube audience to what is it over 50,000 subscribers? Now? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So for those who want to get into YouTube and want to get started, uh, what is your number one tip for them as they grow their reach and go from that first video they post to, to 50,000 subscribers and beyond? I'd say to be really smart about how you brand your channel, have a really clear person you're trying to reach. You know, you see a lot of YouTube channels that are like lifestyle, cooking, makeup, and hip-hop dancing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> be really clear and have a very strong focus and then just start making videos and ask people to subscribe <laughs> and comment because that's a lot of something that you know like new youtube video creators make they just like make a video and it's like no you need to put all these calls to action at the end of the video and one of those calls to action should be to sign up for your email list or to go to your website where you then have a pop-up that prompts them to sign up that kind of thing um but and then another thing would be to, to not get not be scared to get started, I think, you know, people who are really professional about YouTube, I was just at VidCon, which is the huge YouTube conference, and another person's business, they were talking about how it was like a producer and a talent, and they were like, we filmed 30 episodes up front and then released them on YouTube. And But, you know, what's really, that's not what's cool about YouTube. Like, what's cool about YouTube is people want to be on the journey with you. And that's that was a big game changer for me, where it's like, instead of, you know, creating all these videos to impress people. Like I'm creating these videos with people. Like the live stream I did before this podcast, I was live streaming with, you know, everyone in my community and my members just for fun. And I was showing them all the footage of like all the bloopers from the super fancy video shoot I did um, <laughs> yesterday where I was like, it's like these gorgeous, you know, like doing yoga on a tree, like on a, on a log, like elevated above a canyon, like this gorgeous stuff. And I was like showing them like all the footage of the before and after me getting into the pose and how I was just like, you know, the camera guys like swearing at me and I'm like, you know, falling in and out of everything. And, you know, cause the big thing is like people want to go on the journey with you. 
And that's something that is really magical about YouTube because one of my favorite things to do, if anyone wants to kill a lot of time, this is a great way to kill some time, is like go to your favorite big YouTubers YouTube page and just keep clicking, go, go to videos, go to load more videos and load more videos until you get back to like their earliest videos. And you can see how beginner they were, like wow, how terrible yeah. they were. And it's really, it's really cool because, um, Tati and a lot of the big YouTubers, like they're, they're like, yeah, we don't take them down because they're smart. Like it's good branding to show your journey. Like it. Oh, yeah. Or reading someone's original blog posts totally. that they ever published, you know? Totally. So yeah. that's something I'm constantly working on because I, I even, you know, I talked to this like talent manager person when I was in LA at VidCon and she, she liked what I was doing with the live stream, but she said, she was like, even on your channel, she was like, I think you could even be like, I feel like I'm so vulnerable online and I share so much. And she was looking at my, a lot of my material and she was like, I think you could go even more on YouTube. I was like, oh my gosh. You know, so, (laughs) so like, you know, just with really letting people in on what's going on behind the scenes and what's happening. Um, and I, and I think she's right. You know, I, I think that's really, if you're developing a personal brand, at least that, that people want to be on this journey with you. People don't want to be sold to people want to be, you know, connecting with the community, connecting with you, relating to you. And I mean, I honestly feel like every time I'm in my community or in my membership, like these are like, when I say my tribe, I mean like people that I would hang out with Mm -hmm. no matter what, like anywhere I was in the world. Um, so yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing that you've grown in the way that you have so organically and you've been able to really spread out your offerings and, and, and keep them all still really personal and, uh, and community centered. And I think that's the biggest lesson is to focus on your community, both the, the community of people who do what you do. And, you know, like you said, connecting with other YouTubers, but also the community that, that is building around you and, and embracing them and listening to them. That's, uh, that's huge. Whether it's YouTube or a blog or a, a Periscoper or an Instagram or whatever you do, embracing your community is going to lead to success. Yeah, it's never been easier to get live feedback from people, <laughs> ever. Yeah. I yep. mean, like Periscope, Facebook Live, Snapchat, this is, it's golden. It's like, we're so lucky to live in this time. I mean, imagine if it was back in the day and we had to mail postcards to people to ask what they wanted or something, you know what I mean? So I think what you're saying is I completely agree. And I, the only thing I would add would just be like to get into action on it right now. Don't hold back. You know, life is right now. Just start. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. That's a great way to wrap things up. Thanks for being here, Brett. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. It was really fun. That was Brett Larkin of Brett Larkin Yoga. You can find out more about Brett and her classes on her YouTube channel, Brett Larkin Yoga, or on her website at brettlarkin.com. Grab your free action guide from this episode to help you impact your own reach today. Head to convertkit.com slash reach or simply click the link provided right in your podcast player. It's time to expand your reach. We're so glad you started here. Thanks for listening. <laughs>